You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we once again come to you for Nip Tuck. We are so close to the finishing line now. You can you can see the finishing tape. You can sniff the air where it's finished because we are into the 14th episode of the sixth and final season. This is Sheila Carlton. This episode first aired on the 27th of January, 2010. It was written by Lynn Green and Richard Levine. It was directed by Craig Zisk. And it's an interesting one. Uh, we're dealing, obviously, with the aftermath of Kimba committing suicide. So what is going to happen? We're here to talk to you about that. My name is Ben, and would you like your prostate examined? And uh, my name's Nick Ann. Shouldn't you be getting dysentery shots? Yes. Oh, right. I always feel like you like, just are asking me, answering me. No, I can't even speak properly. Whatever. Uh, ha-ha. Good start to the episode. Um, we're here to talk about Sheila Carlton. Nick, this is, a, as always, an interesting episode. I sound like a broken down record every week. Well, I mean, it's good. That's what we're here for, I guess. If we were coming here saying this is a boring episode, that would be disappointing. I mean, um, good, bad, or otherwise, I think there's always some fun stuff to talk about here. And, you know, this is a really interesting one in terms of um, being introduced to some some different characters. Uh, the the main character, you know, the titular character is a really interesting one. We kind of get the aftermath of the whole Kimber thing. So there's a lot of moving parts in this episode, and that kind of always makes it fun to, to go through. And we're going to start off by straight away finding out Matt. Here he is. He's been out of prison for a while, old Matt, and um, he's here feeding Jenna noodles, because why not? Um, Christian, basically, we find out here that they've been searching. It's been two days since everything that's happened, and the Coast Guard's still looking. Uh, Christian wants to go off at uh, Matt for giving the noodles to Jenna. Uh, and then we meet Kimber's mother, a.k.a. Melanie Griffith. Hello, Brandy. Um, and we said this last week, my goodness, she plays this role well. She just really comes across as someone who would be Kimber's mother. And it's kind of sad that we never got to see these two uh, on screen with each other. But I think, you know, as much as we go off at Sean all of a sudden having a long-lost brother, I think kind of you can forgive this one because, you know, sometimes kids are estranged from their parents and, you know, this makes sense that we don't necessarily have to have these two having a great relationship. So, um, you know, it's obviously explained that no one's ever met well, her. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I guess the other thing too is that um, you assume that, you know, in most cases, you know, these people have parents and there's a, there's a backstory and you don't kind of have to go into that. I mean, everyone has parents. and um, But, you know, like no, not everybody has siblings. And so, you know, that, I guess the whole thing with Sean's brother is that, we were never told about him. We were never, you know, kind of informed about this guy in the background. Um, but with, you know, kind of Kimber or anybody's parents, you don't have to say, oh, I used to have parents or, you know, like it's like, well, we, we knew that, you know, so it's yeah. kind of, it's just one of those things that I wish that they'd given us. We're, we're going backwards and talking about episodes we maybe didn't like. And, and this isn't kind of, this setup is not something I, I dislike. It's fun. You're right. She kind of feels like the right character to play Kimber's mum. Um, even the name kind of Brandy just feels like the right name for, for Kimber's mum. I don't know why. Um, yeah, it just feels like a, um, you know, a, a good setup and it must be kind of weird for her. It's like, here you go. Here's, you know, Kimber's husband and her, and his son, who is also Kimber's father. You know, like that must be quite a weird kind of thing for her to walk in on as well. Everyone in this room has slept with your daughter, basically, uh, with the exception yes. of Jenna. Um, I'll just say this now. It, it just baffles me that Melanie Griffith didn't get any form 
form of nomination here for like best supporting actor in a, in a show for an Emmy or something along those lines because usually the big name stars when they're in a guest role capacity that's kind of bait for them to try and get an Emmy but also you know she does this so well I think she's kind of got that level of tone about her voice which is it's kind of annoying but it's at the same time it's not to the extent where you don't want to deal with her because you just feel that she is perfectly Kimber's mother. Um, we, we hear here that the Coast Guard, what they call Christian, and, uh, they've called off the search. Uh, they're no longer going to be searching for her. That's why they called off the search. We have the opening credits. And I'll just kind of lump this in here that we have Christian there with Jenna and Matt's taking her away. Um, and we find out that Matt, uh, in a bit of a throwaway line, has gotten a barista job. Uh, he's dating his manager, Ramona. And, um, clearly he doesn't want, to um, have her meet Christian and everything. It's not really seen, but uh, not really uh, shown, but uh, I guess kind of you, you do get that impl- you know, um, implied there, I guess, from Matt that kind of he doesn't obviously want him to meet her. So, it's, I mean, it's a real throwaway line. I mean, Matt's kind of just here and gone, and there he is. He's disappeared again until the last few episodes, but um, at least we know he's still alive, unlike Annie and Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think one of the things too is have we had a change of actress for this um, for this Jenna character? It suddenly seems like actually quite a cute little. I don't kid, think we have. I think she's just before. grown up. I think she's still got. A, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I didn't kind of think that there was a different kid. I just she just looks older. We could probably find that out if we weren't uh, more useless, but uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll fact check that. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a fun little di- into you know dialogue or whatever you might want to call it between Christian and Matt. And um, it's nice that kind of as we start to head into this final run of episodes, is that Matt kind of starts to come in and be a bit more central to the story, which is which is cool. You know, I feel like he's been a really important important part of the show, and uh, you really want to make sure that. Uh, you know, he's there towards the end of the, the show's run. Yeah, yeah. Well, Christian walks in on Brandy. She's crying, checks in on her, and, um, you know, we kind of get a nice little, uh, nice little moment between these two. And again, they just, they work very well off each other, Julian McMahon and Melanie Griffith. Don't know if you noticed that giant penis statue in the background when he's in this room. It's not the same, <laughs> it's not the cock statue that he had back in whatever season that was. This is a different one, but, um, you know, it's a, it's a giant penis statue, I guess. But, uh, we then meet, uh, our titular character for this episode, um, which, uh, we have Francis Conroy here and Christine Estabrook. Now, I mentioned last week, uh, Francis Conroy who plays Jane Fields, the non-deformed one, essentially. Um, again, any Ryan Murphy fans who watch American Horror Story, they would know her very much so from a, a wide variety of uh, different ones here. According to uh, IMDb, she's been in 45 different episodes of American Horror Story. Uh, she was also Barney's mother on How I Met Your Mother, if uh, you ever watched that. And she's been in plenty of things. Uh, Six Feet Under, I believe, for those who watch that show, she's very probably prominent for that. Golden Globe winning actor, actor actress, Frances Conroy. And then Christine Estabrook, um, as a desperate Housewives fan, again, not af- not afraid to uh, mention that this is Martha Hoover. I forgot that she was in this. So, um, yeah. Anyway, just a couple of uh, notable ones there for those playing at home. But uh, this is the one, as I said last week, I always got confused with the Kiki episode back in season three because I knew there was another sort of one based around a primate. And essentially, this woman has uh, been viciously attacked by a chimpanzee. Don't call it a monkey, it's a chimpanzee. 
And um, Frances Conroy's character had to stab him to death because uh, she was just absolutely tearing apart. So uh, she's she's ashamed that she's had to uh, go this way and she uh, feels guilty and she wants to help a friend. And um, basically, Sean kind of quickly comes to the conclusion that we'll have to do this surgery in stages. He kind of just looks at her once and goes, we'll have to do this surgery in, stage- in stages. And then we find out that Wayne, the chimpanzee, was a star of movies and TV. And all the money that uh, he earned, she hasn't spent a dime of it. And as long as it will get there to pay the surgery because she feels guilty enough. So, yeah, I, I like this sort of setup because it's it's an interesting one. And, again, always there's going to be some sort of twist with this, as we're going to see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, two really good actors here taking both these roles. Yeah, I think so. And um, just one thing I wanted to point out too is that the, the makeup is really, really effective. I think yeah. it's, um, you, you know, they've, they've done a really good job with that. Um, I think the kind of like little flashback sequences that you kind of get like out of focus and, you know, you don't actually really get to see it, but just kind of the way that shot, I think, is, is quite cleverly done as well. Um, and yeah, you're right. This um, this actress, um, I've already forgotten her name. Um, what were you saying? Francis, Francis, Francis Conroy. Conroy. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, I mean, I know well from um, Six Feet Under, which is a show that I watched and really enjoyed, and she was um, really good in that, um, kind of played a similar type of role, I guess, um, to what we've seen in this this one episode. Um, so, yeah, I think she was kind of like the, the matriarch of that show, and, and um, yeah, it's kind of like a similar way that she's playing this one as well. But, yeah, she's obviously a very well-known actress. She's been in a lot of stuff. So um, the other actress I'm, I'm not as familiar with, but I think they're, they're both well cast in these roles. She was in the first spider-man movie uh, was it the first one or was it the second one um second one sorry um she's uh jonah jamison's wife you know if you remember oh, the uh right. the scene when they he's their astronaut sons with mj that's um oh uh, right yeah yeah so there you go there's a bit of a connection for you um but we then back with christian and uh i'm just gonna call him melanie griffith kimber's mum uh, and we meet Les, uh, this sleazy douchebag guy who is complaining that he wasn't picked up at the airport and then trying to sell Christian a car because he's got a Maserati and should be buying local and this economy and fucking loves soap. Uh, he really loves soap. Uh, just less. Um, and I, I kind of like how they sort of play this and the fact that this is, this is really meant to be like Kimber and Christian because just the way, you know, she says like, oh, we've been together for six years, you know, we break up, we get back together. You know, I love him, but you know, and it's kind of, it's just, it's an interesting way of seeing this. It's sort of, you know, like mother like daughter and kind of falling, uh, into that same trap. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Les is an utter, utter douchebag, as we're going to find out in this um, this episode. But uh, the guy who plays him, Robin Thomas, he, he plays douchebag well. Yeah, I think so. It, it it does feel a little bit cliched, I guess, in this episode. But I guess what you probably could say is that, you know, um, Brandy and this guy are kind of like the, the older version of Kimber and Christian, you know, that they're kind of on again, off again. Um, you know, he's a bit of a dick and she kind of gives him for it. And, you know, he's he's full of himself. He's certainly um, far less likable than Christian. Christian's a much more likable character, um, which, you know, taking my recent comments into account is, is saying something. Um, but, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely what they're going for here is kind of just like an older version of um, Christian and Kimber. I want to lump a few scenes here because we've kind of just got a few that kind of just follow each other and I guess we can kind of lump these all together. So we, first of all, have Curtis and Sean having some drinks and, uh, Sean saying he can't go to Africa essentially right now because he's there. He's got to be there to support 
Christian, but then he's going to eventually go to uh, help build a new hospital in Basra. And for the first time, we sort of hear Curtis mention that he's got a wife, and we're all going to see her in just a few moments, because all of a sudden, uh, Sean's getting a physical, he's getting all checked out, we meet uh, the very attractive Mrs. Sean, uh, aka Dr. Sarah Quinder, I don't know why they don't have the same last name, but it's 2010 at this point, it's modern times. Um, they get a bit flirty with each other, you know, sexy Sean with his shirt off and his chest hair. Why wouldn't you want to be a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, turned on there? Sean gets a little bit racist and assumes that, uh, she must be married to Solo just because she's black. And obviously she's married to Curtis. Um, and then we have Melanie Griffith come in with a dress that Les has, uh, given to wear to Kimber's memorial service. And he basically says, Hey, you should get some, uh, surgery. And, um, he has a bit of a flashback of Kimber when he's got this laser sort of thing. And basically she, he says, no, we're not going to do this. You're as pretty as you are. Now, the, the one thing I kind of, I know I've lumped a lot in there together but the the one thing i really wanted to point out here and this is my biggest question mark once again about the timeline of this show if you're listening intently to curtis and sean having a conversation when he's talking about christian being married he drops the line they've been married for a you know about a year he says they got married about a year ago now we are what episode 14 we had them married was it episode 11 when we first kind of heard that they were married so we <laughs> led to believe that in the space of three or four episodes 12 months have nearly passed i do not understand that or was there a bigger gap between episodes 10 and 11 than we ever realized because that is a big line to drop to basically imply that in the last four or five weeks a whole year has passed on this show yeah, and and like we just talked about at the start of the episode around Jenna and and her age and things like that, is that you know she probably hasn't aged in such a way that you would you would realistically believe that a year has passed in between you know as you say kind of episode eleven and episode fourteen. Yeah, it's it's it, it is a problem. Um, to me, it's not yet distracting me to the point of despair, but it is one of those things that you do if you stop and think about it too much, it will make your brain hurt a little bit. Yeah, uh, and did you have anything to add on? Sean getting a physical and Melanie Griffith having a laser gun and flashback of Kimber. Well, I mean, I think the Sean stuff is all kind of set up for where we're going to go at the the end of the episode, and that's you know that's totally cool. So um, I think we've got some some fun stuff for Sean kind of coming up there, which will be interesting to to get into. Uh, um, yeah, I think the stuff with that scene between Christian and, and Brandy, I think, is a really nice scene, kind of the flashbacks. And, um, yeah, I mean, really playing on, on Christian and, and his guilt, you know, towards everything that's happened with Kimber, which I think is, is really nice because, as I've kind of alluded to in the last few episodes, it's sometimes been a struggle for me with Christian and, and finding ways to almost excuse his behaviour. Like, it's gotten to the point where he's kind of almost irredeemable to me. And so to kind of have these moments where he is actually feeling guilt and, and you know and, and remorse for kind of the way he's treated Kimber, you know, even if it wasn't him that that actually you know did the act in terms of her her dying, that he's uh, yeah he's he's feeling responsible. So I, I think that that brings some humanity back to to Christian that was desperately needed at this point. Mm, yeah, no, I I do agree uh, with that statement. I should mention too that. Uh, where Sean was getting his uh, physical, he's actually driven all the way down to San Diego just to get a physical. So, okay, fair enough. For, for, those, for those of us that aren't familiar with the geography, what what kind of drive are we talking oh, about? I mean, it's a 
two and a half, three hour drive, maybe two hours. I mean, it's, no, it's not that far. I mean, how long is it from you to get to Auckland? Like 90 minutes, two hours? Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's within that region of time. Uh, I mean, I've, when I've caught a Greyhound bus, I think it's about, it's between two, three hours and even driving sort of 75% of the way, it's, it's about the same distance. So, but I mean, again, to people who live in the cities, they might not necessarily see it as much of a distance, I guess. I mean, we kind of get this line shortly from, um, from Mrs. Sarah not Curtis, um, you know, that she didn't want to deal with the traffic back to San Diego. So again, it's, it's a matter of time of the day, but fair enough. Okay. Um, but we have the surgery scene. Yeah, feels like a long way to go. Yeah. I mean, must do really good physicals in San Diego, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah. surgery scene. We've got a bungle in the jungle song here by Jethro Tull. Why not? Um, and Liz kind of having a, you know, it's been a while since we've sort of had a surgery scene with Liz sort of, you know, not, I don't say preaching. That's not the correct word. It's not really preachy here. She's just having an opinion about living with the guilt and uh, things like that. I mean, I guess kind of this is the theme of the episode, isn't it? Guilt. Um, and then we have after Sean's finished with the surgery, as I just said, uh, Curtis's wife is there. We find out that he's gone and that uh, she wants to have dinner with him. So uh, why not? That can't. Nothing can go wrong there with that, can it? Uh, Christian comes home, finds Les, he's watching some porn, just happens to be Kimber's porn, um, he got a chubby, and, uh, <laughs> Christian <laughs> kicks him out, um, why not, um, and, yeah, we sort of get this weird sort of sequence, which is, uh, Curtis's wife and Sean having come home drunk, he's gonna sleep on the couch, she's gonna sleep in the bed, and basically she comes on to him, wants to have sex with him. Sean does the right thing, says, no, I'm not going to have sex with you. Even though she kind of sexually assaults him by just touching his penis. Just got to point that out. Hashtag me too. Um, so, yeah, a few scenes there that I'm lumping together. Just just again to go through the motions. There's, some, there's a weird line there where basically he kind of says something about, oh, do you know what's weird? Like, Kimber and Brandy make the same face when you're doing them from behind or something. It's like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> yeah, this guy is just meant to be set up as a creep and, and you, you don't blame Christian at all for kind of throwing him throwing him out. Um, you're kind of going back to the surgery scene. I like that we, are, you know, we kind of talk about it. it's nice to have a bit of a theme for the episode that kind of goes through the, you know, the principal characters of the show, but also through the, um, you know, the titular character. And we get it here. And, and as you rightly point out, it's the, the whole thing about guilt and how you deal with guilt. And, um, it, yeah, that's obviously a really, really major part of this. So, yeah, I think it's it, it's all kind of very streamlined, this episode, which is nice. Um, it's not something we were kind of accustomed to in season six, unfortunately. But um, in this situation, we definitely do have it. So that's cool. Yeah, completely agree. We have um, the Francis Conrad character, Jane, uh, here with Sheila. She's recovering and has this conversation. Uh, is she with... She's with Sean, isn't she? Um, or is she with Liz? I think she's with Sean. Um, and basically telling her... We kind of get this, I guess, the twist of things here that she's very much enamoured by this uh, chimp Wayne and sadly had to kill her and uh, she's basically blaming her friend for uh for this chimp going and attacking her because she was like playing with a toy or something like that and 
Um, you know, she's just holding a lot of guilt through the fact that she's killed this, uh, this chimp, uh, through more of the flashbacks too, kind of like the really fancy sort of quick fire flashes that we get, um, uh, which I think is done really, really cleverly. Um, and Christian, meanwhile, sitting on a couch reading a paper and, uh, Sean tells him that I'm going to be going to, uh, go work with Curtis for a little bit. And that we should take a bit of a break from each other. And Christian kind of says this line that, uh, you know, if you go for a month and you're gone forever. So, uh, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a full line. I mean, it's kind of interesting this week and next week that this whole Sean v. Christian thing has sort of been put on the back burner a little bit. I mean, we kind of still get glimpses, but Sean doesn't seem to hate Christian as much as he has the last few weeks. I mean, again, there's definitely glimpses of it, but, uh, you know, I mean, again, it's kind of leading us down this garden path to what we're ultimately going to get when this show ends in a few weeks' time. Yeah, and I guess, um, you know, partially that's because of the whole situation with Kimber that he's kind of, you know, and, and this is why I love Sean, you know, you know is that he's, he's able to put his own personal situation, you know, on the back burner to help his friend for, you know, at least a little bit of time here. So that's something I really appreciate about Sean. Um, just to clarify, did you, did you, um, lump that scene with Sean and, um, and, the uh the lady you know getting drunk and going back to his house did, did you um skip over that one or have you got that coming up next no no i i already talked about that one uh oh sorry this. i must yeah. i must have missed that when we when we're bundling when we're bundling things up um i didn't have anything specific to say about it i just wondered if uh, we'd missed it anyway continuing <laughs> on um yeah i think um this this stuff and i think you know we we get the kind of more information about um you know the whole thing with these two central characters um and and the the chimp attack and all that kind of thing i think it's really interesting and um i can probably speak to this a little bit as somebody who's obviously uh you know an an animal you know an animal lover and somebody that you know really cares a lot about my pets and things like that um but you know sometimes those of us that um you know really love our pets can sometimes forget that um you know humans actually do come first and um you know this is one of those situations where you know this woman seems to have been completely absorbed into her world about the animals being far more important than um her human friends and this has kind of led her down a really dangerous path which we're obviously going to get some more information um as we go forward so yeah i think it's just interesting that um this is something that i can kind of maybe not relate to but i can understand it quite well because i think there are a lots of people that let their you know they find it hard to interact with humans or whatever it might be and so dealing with animals becomes easy and then they get themselves into you know potentially when you've got things like you know dangerous exotic animals then that can lead you into a really um you know dangerous situation it's probably a pretty niche situation most of us have just got cats or dogs or whatever but you know it it is something that you can see happening is that you know people let their emotions for their their pets kind of run away on them a little bit to me it's podcasting that's my animal and i forget that humans come first (laughs) no no one listens anyway so i just vicious cycle uh, so Kimber's mum has wearing a black dress. I think we had, um, I missed a line earlier where Sean, uh, Christian's talking about how much he misses Kimber and, uh, you know, talking about her being in this uh, nice little black dress. So I'm assuming this is the same black dress that he was talking about. Um, and, you know, Christian sort of putting a necklace around her, you know, it's getting a little bit weird between the two of them, but you know what's going to happen. Of course, he's going to fuck her and he does. Um, so, uh, they kiss. We don't actually see anything more than them kissing, but for some reason, Christian has had sex with her. They're in bed and he's wearing a wife beater, a black wife beater. I don't know why he's not shirtless, but okay, sure. Um, he kind of gets up, looks at the ocean and we 
kind of get this flashback here with this sort of vision of Kimber, which again, it's, it's a very Sean thing. It's not something that Christian really, uh, has too many times. He's sort of these flashes. I know sort of he's had it with his apartment and, uh, things like that in the past. But, um, you know, I like it that they kind of, you know, turn it around a little bit and have, uh, Kimber here. The reflection in the, the glass is fantastic and just the way it's kind of like, you know, really my mother, like, you know, <laughs> I didn't think you could get any lower with this. Um, and then him in the kitchen still kind of having this argument, uh, I guess with his conscious and there's Kimber and he sort of breaks a glass, throws it against the wall. Apparently Melanie Griffith can sleep through glasses being broken, uh, against the wall, <laughs> apparently. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a nice little scene then when Kim, uh, Christian kind of goes back to bed with Brandy, just kind of, you know, when he's saying like, you know, I really miss her and it's just, it's just a nice little scene. Um, which, if I'm not mistaken, this is the last Melanie Griffith scene, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like, I, I think she does a really good job in this role. And again, I think she was robbed of not getting a best, uh, you know, guest star Emmy nomination. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things where, as you say, it was inevitable, but um, it could have been played for for humour, and it's not, which is good. You know, like I wouldn't put it past the show to try and play that as like this humorous thing instead of, um, you know, like this kind of almost kind of sweet, tender moment as it should be. And so, yeah, no, I, I think that they kind of get the tone right here, which is really important. Um, I actually like those kind of flashback scenes. I think they work really well, and I think. In a situation where you're not sure that if Kimber's dead or not, then they, they feel slightly more, um, yeah, effective, I guess is the word. Like they actually do feel like, you know, it's almost as if Kimber's still there, really. So I, I think it's um, the right tone. And, and yeah, I think you're right. Melanie Griffith does a really good job with what's quite a small cameo. But, um, yeah, I think she kind of makes it her own and, and it works really well. Any other point you would expect, like, you know, Christian to be having sex with her and then that's when Kimber walks in, you know, like, I'm back. Yes. Oh, no, hang yes. on a minute. Yes. Awkward. Um, so Sean's bored on a Saturday, so he decides to uh, volunteer his time uh, at Curtis's little business. We've seen him solo back. He's just so happy to see him. And uh, Curtis, meanwhile, is actually there. And uh, this is where he we find out that his wife said that they slept together. And Sean's obviously protesting his innocence. Curtis kind of saying, you're exactly the same as Christian. Um, and he says, go back to Christian. You're made for each other. Which, I mean, it's kind of... It's, I guess in the, the end of the day, it's, it's set up so that Sean will have to sort of stay with Christian and we'll kind of get a little bit more next week about sort of, you know, having to stay with this guy. It's kind of just seems his life. But I mean, it is kind of strange. Like, why has this woman, like, she kind of seems like a decent woman and why has she gone out of her way to, I guess, sully Sean's reputation? Because he was a good guy. Is it just a case of, you know, her ego was dented, so I'd, you know, fuck you, Sean, if you're not going to sleep with me, I'm going to get you into trouble anyway, because, I mean, really, like, she's kind of wanting to keep it secret, so why is she risking her own marriage at the same time just to get Sean into trouble? Yeah, it does feel like there's a few kind of... um kind of logic gaps in this whole thing doesn't there i mean i don't really understand this whole thing it feels like a really drawn out sequence for something that could have almost be done on the phone like this guy curtis isn't a major character so why are we spending the time here this this is the one kind of scene in this whole episode that just feels like it doesn't really belong here yeah i would agree with that and i think it's i mean it just seems like we were getting set up for something for curtis here that just kind of all of a sudden just goes away and it's like, well, what was the point of all of that um, to, I guess, kind of lead us down yeah, the path and I mean, of disliking? Yeah, 
and it kind of sets us up for you know what where we're going to finish with Sean is you know um, without doing too much of, of a kind of spoiler on here is that you know Sean is, is somebody that's going to try and you know do this make a difference type of thing with his work a little bit more and, and um, it seems like I, I don't understand why we didn't kind of use this character I mean this is the season six problem isn't it is that we get these characters and we think we're setting up for something and then we kind of just resolve it and it goes away again for no good reason like this is the whole Teddy thing to me I think they could have drawn out the Teddy thing and made it more interesting and they didn't do that and yeah it's yeah it's um just just frustrating really yeah and i mean but you are right like in terms of at least they're they're setting it up in the fact that yeah we're gonna get sean kind of doing similar things to what he's wanting to do with curtis so yeah you're right like you know we've kind of got this this beginning of of a, of a path going forward but um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, as you said, it's kind of, you know, just it's a season six thing. And I, I think kind of there is a theme on this episode too that like, you know, we're going to get to that in our ratings very, very shortly about the fact that, you know, this is this has got some elements to it which kind of harks back to the, the good old days when, you know, we've got like a, an overall theme of guilt and, you know, there's some decent surgery stuff and, you know, it's not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this also has a real season six kind of semi-boring feel to it. I mean, it's not a boring episode, but it's kind of got that just quietness and dullness to some parts of this, which to me sometimes just override why this isn't a fantastic episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I think probably without trying to steal your thunder too much, um, I think as we go into the next scene, which is obviously the kind of the the post surgery scene that you know, and Liz is is with the patient, and it feels like we just kind of hit the same points too many times. You know, like it feels like we could have actually streamlined the story a little bit more. So yeah, I think that's probably the issue for me. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and um, you know, I mean, we are in this scene now that. Um, that Liz is is removing the bandages here um, from our titular character, from Sheila. And, uh, you know, she kind of has a, a few lines here saying that, you know, I'm going to be the poster child of why you shouldn't not have these exotic pets in cages. And kind of to me, this is where, like, I think, like, some sort of twist is going to be that, you know, she's going to be an advocate for this and it's going to cause a rift between these two. But uh, it gets even worse because... Um, we obviously find out that uh, Jane has got everything set up. It's all going to be fantastic. But she's gotten another chimpanzee, Gunther. And essentially, you know, we have Sheila going off at her saying, this is why you can't find love because you care too much about uh, your animals. Uh, you have to choose the monkey or, or me. And basically Jane here is like, you know, loved me, you know, and never judged me and all this sort of stuff. The, the one thing that I just, a real nitpick here is Liz, the way she keeps calling it a monkey. Because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, back in Kiki, she was the one who kept saying it's not a monkey, it's a gorilla. <laughs> so, like, in three years, Liz's care for um the the primates of the world have uh, kind of... um. Have, have, have gone to, gone to hell. Um, and I'll just lump in the final scene here too. Um, where Christian and Sean are sort of sitting on the balcony having a drink. Uh, Brandy's gone back to Wisconsin. Um, Curtis is turned into a bit of an asshole. Um, you kind of feel that, you know, maybe Sean's going to admit here that he slept with Kimber, but, uh, it doesn't really do that. Uh, Christian says he wants to move because it just reminds him of a graveyard. And um has that nice little line at the end when he just says to Sean, it's good to have you back. So it's a nice little scene to close these two out. It's kind of a, you know, it's not a make-up scene between these two. There are still some issues going to be with these two moving forward. But, uh, you know, it's a nice way to end the episode. 
Yeah, I think so. It's you know any scenes you kind of get with these two guys are always going to be good. You know, there's there's very rarely a bad scene between the two of them, especially when it's just the two of them. So yeah, it's um it's definitely fun. Um, nice way to kind of end the episode, as you say. Um, yeah, kind of going back to that that scene before. I think it's um it, it is really effective. Um, and you know it's the whole thing about this woman hasn't learned to listen. One of the things I kind of didn't point out earlier on is um isn't the what what's the gorillas in the mist woman called that's jane somebody jane isn't it goodall. um jane goodall mm. and doesn't doesn't that doesn't she kind of look a lot like like they've made this woman up to look like her i, I wonder if that's deliberate. Me. Kind of, yeah it kind of feels like it should be like it like it is something that they've done deliberately so yeah <laughs> i don't know it, it, it's um it's not not a major but it is interesting that they kind of decide to, to lean on things that people already know which may be a good or a bad thing depending on your perspective i guess um yeah i mean overall i think it's a it's a good way to end the episode it kind of closes off that you know the story lot the sorts um episode long stories um well kind of sets us up for where we're going next um it is really interesting that i think we talked a little bit about this on the end of the last episode is that we we don't get a body you know we don't get the you know well, christian um, sorry kimber's been found you know like, which i kind of would have expected and kind of leaves the door open for you know kimber could come back at any point that they don't actually have a body which you know is is uh, rule number one and the you know somebody's dead on a tv show yeah and we still never really get a memorial scene either which is the reason why she came out to la right so yeah um, yeah yeah. there is that to go with as well uh leads us to our rating right now uh nick what are we doing with sheila carlton are we buying it renting it or bidding it well i think you kind of yeah you you kind of laid the story out pretty well there that i think it's there's some good ideas here and um it's definitely not a bin for sure it's you know there's some some really nice ideas um i think there's a little bit of kind of just distracting stuff that didn't need to be in there which is what's going to take it out of the buy category and put it in the rent category for me it's you know it's it's a perfectly serviceable episode i think there's some interesting stuff in here um you know in terms of just popping on an episode and watching it in the background it's it's perfectly fine but it's not one on it's not going to be on the go-to list of like oh you've got to watch this episode if you want to get a, a taste of what nip tuck is it's just it is just a pretty standard episode so it's kind of you know smack bang in the middle there for me as a rent yeah, agree with you. I think kind of is where we've definitely seen the second half of season six, aka season seven, whatever you want to call it. Um, that it has been a vast improvement from our first ten episodes of this season. I mean, you know, a vast improvement. But I mean, it, it, yeah, it's a rent for me. It's it's just there. It's kind of it's got a few sort of inklings to it that it's got us some season six issues with kind of the the pace and the tone of it. But at the same time, you know, Melanie Griffiths is amazing. The titular character stuff is interesting. It's unique. Um, yeah, I think there's enough in here to kind of service it. I, I, I do have this as the lowest rent on my overall list, but I mean, I think kind of really this bottom half of rents is sort of just in that kind of category where, yeah, it's a salt, it's a, it's there. Like it's not bad enough to be a, a bin. And I think there's a big enough gap between the lowest rent and the highest bin that kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of not there and thereabouts. So. Mm. Um, that's where we are right now, but we've, we've got, uh, five episodes to go, Nick. We're in next week. We're into Virginia Hayes, episode 15. And I'm just going to say this right off the, right now. I, I am a fan of this episode. Uh, I actually like it. Uh, one scene in particular, I will very much advocate for, uh, being in our final five at the end of the season. Cause I always remember this one scene, uh, from being in, uh, season six. Um, and we get the return sort of. 
of Escobar. Um, uh, my interview with Robert Lozado, I completely forgot that he was in this episode. So good to see the big Nip Tuck fan I am. But uh, some connections there. And I think the thing that I really like about this episode is there's so many flashbacks and connections to season one and the very first episode in particular. And it, the continuity just really, really works for me here. There is kind of a dropped line in here, though, which is similar to this week about the timeline in the essence of how many years it's been, which kind of doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, there's a, there's a few little plot holes here and there, but uh, I, I, I very much enjoy next week. Yeah, I think there's, um, again, kind of the titular character is quite interesting. It's, you know, surprising. Um, there's also some, you know, kind of interesting stuff, as you say, with Escobar. So, yeah, and I think we are, this, this kind of feels like maybe, I don't know, the last episode before we really get into that final run. Um, so, yeah, I think there's this is kind of the last one that feels maybe a little bit frivolous, and that's not to say it's a bad episode at all. It's just I, I think that that's where it's, um, you know, this is kind of the end of, of stuff that kind of isn't related entirely to the end of the episode, of, of the series, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I completely agree, I think. And it's to me, it's also like a real chance to finally, finally close off this long-going Escobar storyline, which I think is is kind of necessary, even though we did go well, way back in season four, we did say that, like, yep, that's it, they've closed it off now. But, I mean, I still think this is something that kind of had something a little bit extra to it, which they sort of do. So, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the relevant channels, leave us some feedback. Are you excited for the end of this show? Are you... Are you looking forward to this just being done and dusted and over with, or are you wanting to keep going? We'd really like to hear your thoughts, and uh, we continue on with the final five weeks of Nip Tuck, and uh, it's very exciting, it's very sad. It's a lot of emotions going through our head right now when it comes to all of this. My name is Ben, and I'm going to go off and get a chubby. <laughs> My name's Nick, and uh, I make people happy. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.